Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our scenario is entitled Homecoming, and it was written by Thomas McKeon, who is also our game master. This is episode four, and McSwan will be giving the recap. So without further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Nick? Thanks, Tom. I'd always loved the idea of magic. When I was a kid, I read about elves, wizards, and dragons, and talking lions, and dreamed one day of finding a magic wand or a book of spells. That's why I got into this racket. Even though it was all tricks, I still hoped in that little childish corner of my heart that there might be some real magic somewhere, some wise old wizard on some lofty peak in the Himalayas or something. I always hoped. Well, it turns out magic is real, but it's not what you think. It's, it's dark, it's seedy, and it's downright terrifying. It's not pixies and elves, it's invisible horrors and dog-faced things. It's death and it's blood and it taints everything it touches. I thought I could get it out of my head by going back on the road, lose myself on the circuit, drink myself stupid and try to dull my senses amid the parties and hullabaloo. But the crash took care of all that. All I had was time. Time to think. Time to ruminate. Time to see Sterling's face over and over again. It was almost a relief when that coot called with his offer of work. Some easy money and a way back to New York. I guess I should have known it was too good to be true. I should have just packed up my trunk and gone on to Chicago with the rest of the show. But when someone dangles that big apple in front of your face, you tend to bite their hand off faster than you can say Broadway. When I got off the train, they were all there. Hawk, Fowler, Tommy Anderson. They even brought a pal along, William. Poor kid. Oh, he'd be looking so fresh-faced for long. We headed over to the Bellevue Hotel to meet up with our mysterious benefactor, and sure as eggs is eggs, he turned up dead in the bathroom. Blood and guts everywhere. It was enough to make a horse sick. I made straight for the balcony for a smoke and a chance to clear my head. When I came back, there was some schmuck called Finley milling about, acting like he owned the place, wanting to know who I was and starting telling us to get lost. He sent us over to another hotel on Staten Island, so in lieu of other options, we took our leave. No sooner had we reached the lobby than we ran into Thompson, that egghead from the business at the Radley House. I guess the whole gang's back together now. This boat hill, I just know it. All the people I never wanted to see again in one place, and me just going along with it like I haven't got a care in the world. I guess that's what they call fatalism. The so-called hotel turned out to be a dive called the Richmond Motel, a real low-level kind of flop. Even the roaches had flea bites. Everyone was on edge by the time we got there. Even the boy William was starting to get infected with the paranoia. I tried to keep everyone's spirits up with a card trick, but that same air of dread persisted. The next day, we, uh, sorry, we spent the next day out in New York, followed by a phone call from Finley. He sent us over to Queens, where we were introduced to his clients, two rich-looking dames with a tale to tell about their missing brother Timothy, Arthur's dreams, and a whole heap of strangeness about time, shadowy hoods, and the offer of more. 
of a more than generous retainer if we would look into the matter. I don't know why they want me in on this. I'm no shameless. These days, my nerves are so shot, I can barely shuffle a deck of cards. So I've resolved to just keep my head down and go along with things for as long as I can and, and pocket the greenbacks until this deal is over. With that in mind, I headed into the fellow's study with Fowler and Tommy's pal William, while Thompson and Hawk headed upstairs with uh, Tommy, ever the young gentleman, volunteering to help the ladies with dinner. I started going through Tucker's desk and found a checkbook with a stub for 300 clams. This Tucker was quite the spender by the looks of it. William started reading some of them, some mishigos about dreams and Egyptian gods from an old book he found on the bookshelf. Just the look of it gave me a twinge of anxiety. He tells me it's been translated by hand and wonders if it could be the work of Timothy Tucker until I pointed out that the handwriting didn't match the checkbook. Fowler calls out to Thompson upstairs and then, without warning, lifts a painting from the wall and reveals a hidden safe behind it. Goodness knows how he saw it there, but there it is. About this time, Thompson and Hawk arrive in response to Fowler's summons. And at his invitation, the professor examines the book. Prof reckons it's based on something pretty ancient from back in biblical times. I try to concentrate on what he's saying, but I get that feeling again. Dead bodies, missing people, ancient books. I've been here before, this ain't gonna end well, mark my words. It came as some relief when Tommy's indelicate bellow called us back into dinner. As we ate, we filled each other in on our discoveries so far. Hawk and Thompson had found some kind of medallion, a matchbook from some jazz dive, and a note hidden upstairs. The note sounded like it was from some secret sweetheart, not the kind of thing I'd show a fellow's wife, but I guess that's why I'm not a private dick. The medallion, though, well, that I did recognize, well, kind of. It was a Star of David, and around it, in Hebrew, was the Psalm of Protection. I guess all those mornings spent with Rabbi, Rabbi Sufrin trying to hammer an appreciation of the Torah into me finally paid off. The others chit-chat over dinner, but my mind wandered again. What if I'd done what Papa wanted? What if I'd become a rabbi instead of going on the stage? How different would things be now? Surely I wouldn't have got involved with all this stuff, dead bodies and dog-faced things. Maybe Trenton would still be alive. Perhaps I'd be married with a nice homely wife and a brood of little Epsteins instead of traveling from town to town looking for the next gig. I guess it doesn't pay to think like that. There's no sense it might have been. Better to dwell in the here and now and make sense of the, the best of what I've got. That's what Papa would want if he was still here. Hashem rest his soul. I catch the tail end of Finley talking some mishigos about goings on at City Hall. Sounds like he may have been on the take Hell, it's New York. Did they expect anything different? Dinner winds down and we head back to the study where it's time to do my thing and open the safe. I was a little anxious about this because last time I tried to crack a safe in front of this crew, I choked. But this thing, this big clunky old mid-range wall safe from the toy turn of the century, in bad need of oiling, this was a breeze. The tumblers were so noisy I could have cracked it from the next room, not to mention the obvious wear on the dial. A little bit of dazzle, and voila, popped it right open. Talk about an anti-climax. It's just a damn ledger. I was hoping for bullion, diamonds, maybe a string of pearls. But it's just his lousy accounts. Sheesh. 
By this time, it's getting late, so we take our leave of our hosts and head back to that flea bit on Staten Island, our heads full of more questions than answers. Where is Timothy Tucker? How did his brother end up gouging out his own eyes in a swanky penthouse? Is this something sinister like that last business? Or just some plain old mob business gone wrong? Who the hell is Roy Klein? All right. So where we left you guys off was uh, inside the study. Bethany had just said that she was going to go upstairs. Um, They were going to bed. Um, It's up to you guys at this point where you want to go. It's about 11 o'clock. Yeah. We had figured we were going to start the investigation tomorrow. Okay. Um, So we will then have you guys go back to the uh, motel. Um, Um, I don't want to stay at that motel. I'm going back to my own bed. Okay. Get a better hotel. Yeah, that's, that's possible. Uh, you guys could probably just like go to a, 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 a phone booth and look through the yellow pages and find yourself a, a better hotel. Um, but, uh, and I, I imagine you guys have kind of discussed this as you're walking out the door. Can I have Hawk do a spot hidden? Oh. Dice over there. 92. I am cross-eyed. Okay, you don't see anything. Um, all right, so you guys are walking to your car. Uh, you guys get inside, and what you guys see as you sit down um, is that the street is very quiet this time of night. Um, however, you can see that in um, the yard, the neighboring uh, the Tucker house, you see that there are three kids kind of playing in, in what snow remains. Um, at 11 o'clock at night? Yep. This is, a, this is suburban New York. It's a Sunday uh, in the middle of April, spring break. Okay. So they're playing. Um, so you guys are going to head to a better hotel. We will simply say that you find that hotel, you go to sleep, and nothing really exciting happens. We're just going to fast forward to the next day. Okay. All right? So, morning. Uh, we'll go over the details of the hotel a little bit later. I would like to focus right now on what your guys' plans are. You guys have probably all have separate rooms. So, well, we're probably all having breakfast together. Okay. There's probably, uh, if you guys are getting a, a, a much better hotel, there's probably a, uh, a restaurant within the lobby of the hotel that oh. you can eat at. I don't think we can afford I, that. I basically show up before. Yeah. Follow uh, just went home. Okay. Um, how about you guys meet at maybe a diner across the yeah, street? Yeah, a, De- a Denny's or something across the street. A Denny's. We'll say it's a Denny's. It's a Maestro's. There's no Maestro's here. Um, yeah, you guys... You guys maestro's doesn't serve breakfast anyway. No. <laughs> um, so you guys are at... It's the depression. Yes. The breakfast is a uh, cup of joe and a side of dough. Yeah, it's, it's, literally, <laughs> it's literally like a biscuit. Maybe some eggs. Um, but you guys are in this diner, coffee, 
so gentlemen, uh, having, having had a, a night to think on it, we've got some things to go over. Um, the, the biggest thing for me right now is I'm thinking about that ledger. We have the ledger, yes? You do have the ledger. You said that the ledger had a big old New York City logo thing on the front of it. Yes, it had the seal of uh, the city of New York, which right. you can recognize because of the card that Marcus Finley gave you. It's got the same seal. Right. Everybody's probably knows the seal. Anyways, the question is, is why does an architect have this book? You um, know, I'm, I'm thinking what Finley said over dinner is, what are they? this has got, he's got to be on the take or something. Or if he's not on the take, he knew of someone who was, which is why he's got that secreted away, maybe as, as insurance to... Well, it makes me wonder if he's, if he's doctoring the books. The thing is, is that he's not really an accountant. He's an architect. Hmm. Of course, it doesn't mean he doesn't know math. Yeah, but you know, there's all um, bids, cool. sealed bids and contracts and all things. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in that game myself, but, you know, I read the papers... Could he the blackmailing somebody, like, say, a person that he's doing the architects where building for? Could he be? Could he be blackmailing them? Well, or he, he found could be. something, you know, and he's blackmailing them to get more money, or I'm, I'm not something sure. like that. that. Could be. I think that. Doesn't the isn't one of the the tactics of the the mob uh, to pretend to be working on buildings and collecting money and not actually doing a damn thing? Yes. Um, however, uh, Fowler would know this. I don't know if your characters would, but I'm sure Fowler would fill you in. Um, the mob right now in New York. Um, they're, it's it's theorized by the public and the newspapers that they're on that the mob is on the take that you know what's the best way to you know be pals with the city government and not get arrested work for the person in charge with what finley told you it sounds like everything stems back up with mayor walker so it's very possible that there's mob connections involved or something like that. You, th th there's so many different things, blackmail, he's doctoring the books, mob. There's no real information to go on other than you have a ledger. Well, one of our, one of the things that we, that uh, Finley suggested was that we see if we can get ourselves into uh, the municipality, municipality building. Um, if we we could pose as as officials, but I I think that it's likely we would get our credentials checked, and uh, we don't have time to forge those kind of documents. I do think, however, that a forty story building, the way they're describing, and I haven't actually seen it, Valerie, you've seen it. Um, yes, I have. Probably has a huge maintenance staff. And sometimes, you know, janitors, they don't even see them. They just, the janitors just, you know, put on their little jumpsuits and walk in and nobody pays any attention at all. Um, even if, even if there are other employees there, 
in a building that size, there's probably 200 employees. They wouldn't necessarily recognize you as not belonging there. You've got your jumper on. So that's a possible way in. We could get a subpoena. That's a third way in. I wanted to interrupt you, but um, I wanted to bring up a point about the ledger thing. Um, Didn't, was it Bethany or Samantha? Didn't, didn't they say that there were lawyers involved that handled the paychecks? Um, so Samantha is not really in charge of the estate. Um, that doesn't exist in the 1930s. The, 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 the man is in charge of the estate. Right. And with Timothy gone, the estate falls into the lawyer. And so the lawyer of the estate is, is funneling money into Beth, uh, Samantha's bank account as needed. So, so someone is managing the estate along with Samantha. Right. Well, I, I only wanted to bring it up because if Timothy was up to no good, like the suggestions of maybe blackmail or something like that, I find it doubtful that he would have a lawyer be looking into his books. Um, unless, of course, the, the lawyer is corrupt too. But Aren't they all? <laughs> If if the lawyer is making enough money, here's the big question along with that. And that's like, where is all this money coming from? The man was a civil servant. He was an, an architect for the, the city. He wasn't like, you know, the guy who designed the Eiffel Tower or anything. He was just, I mean, uh, he, he, he basically designs cubes that sit in a place and have, have buildings. You know, he's... He's not going to be making a fortune, and yet they seem Maybe to have money. Money, laund- money laundering would be possible, but it's not a very good way to do it. I think that there's definitely something definitely going on here. And if we can get up into that guy's office, well, we don't we know where it is. Question. What are we hoping to find out if we go to the office, though? What's that? What are we hoping to find out if we go to the office? More information, I guess. Exactly. Question for the for Thomas: uh, Does would anybody recognize Dexter on the street? Or would oh yeah, they... they'd recognize you. Okay, so then I'm probably not going to go to the office then. They, as, as we did point out, that he's on the radio. Yeah, they they, they he they, you'd also they they have likenesses of the other characters as well, the other the other people. So. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a forty story building that houses the entire like. There's five bur- boroughs all working in this one building. Mm-hmm. Someone may recognize you. Someone may go, "Hey, aren't you Hawk? I see the, you're you're on that poster." And then you look over, and it's like a drawn poster. Oh, 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 oh. We are about to sideline this whole game. You used my picture, Fowler. It's it's your likeness. I am so going to sue you. It's it's your likeness because you're. I don't, part I, of you know. I don't care. And if let, and let me tell you, Fel, that that picture you used me very nearly a hate crime. <laughs> what? I mean, given that my character's entire role in that radio show is to be scared of things and then say "oy vey," <laughs> right. it's not the most accurate portrayal, is it? Um. Uh, well, Mr. Mr. Hawk and Mr. Epstein, Tommy's a great lawyer, and if you need somebody to work for you, you, 
you know, he can sue Fowler for you. Yeah. Well, that, well, well Tommy, like uh, Tommy, you know law better than any of the rest of us. What would be involved in us getting a permit to get into that building? Uh, we're just going after an architect. We're not going after anything that would be, you know, like we're not going after the, trying to get into the DA's office or anything like that. We're just trying to get into an architect's office because he's missing. You mean, you mean like a um, search warrant type thing? Yeah, or a, a, a subpoena or a, whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah. From a judge. Um, Tommy, go ahead and roll a law roll. Good, because I have no idea. Uh, pass. Almost a hard, but not quite. Okay, so the process is essentially that there needs to be probable cause. So by uh, showing that you're, you need, you need someone official, so you need like an officer or a, de or a detective, someone over probably a sergeant. Um, they would then go to a judge and they would get approval to search the area. Um, but once again, there has to be probable cause that the location has something relevant to, uh, to the case. Otherwise, they'd just be handing out search warrants left and right and pop cops just go anywhere. So the judge would then need to, uh, to approve that. It then needs to go through the DA's office and then to you. So it's a whole bureaucratic... Well swamp if we have an, if we have what, what 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 evidence do we have we we don't really have any evidence at all we've got we've got um we know that the check in the checkbook was written for three hundred dollars to a w darby we need to follow that up and that was on march 17th on march 18th timothy disappeared so and he's been missing now for um, about two and a half weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we, we need to find out who that fellow is. Uh, w. Darby? Mm. There's probably a lot of them in the phone book. Um, yeah, but didn't, um, didn't one of you say we could, we could trace it back through his... Through the, through the bank. Yeah, through the bank. If 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 Darby's connected to the municipal building, then that would be a good reason to go into the building, no? But we can check the check from the bank. Well, let's... Yeah, we got to get all these P's and Q's in, in order before we approach a judge and say that we have probable cause to go up and search his office. Well, we can't the other, a judge. It has to be a police officer. Well, um, I'm a detective. I mean, uh, I'm with the different. You're What's private. Rank. Well, yes, that's true. Um, well, then we just have to go to the uh, precinct office and talk to them and tell them what we need. And I mean, it might take a couple of days, but. Those are the proper channels. Or or we can get a bunch of jumpsuits and we can dress up like maintenance men and just walk right into the building. Suppose yeah. if you did I suppose if you did that, you can sneak in, get the jumpsuits off, and then actually speak to the people in the office saying that you're investigating the case of the missing person. Oh, I'm not sure that there's anybody in that office right now. From what uh 
from what uh, uh, Finley said, they're on lockdown. That they've uh, they're probably not letting any of the people that work there in there. I I say let's go at night. Well, that would be that would be when they would have the maintenance crew probably. Yeah. Out. So well, it might they might have the, them all the maintenance crew might be off, but like I say, it's oddly enough they don't wouldn't probably suspect somebody on the maintenance crew. They would just. Yeah, yeah, you're a, a, a janitor. Just go in. Yeah, anonymous. Um, in order, we're interested in the people that work there that could actually be changing the books and doing creepy stuff like that. In order to change my appearance, I'm gonna wear kind of. I'm gonna get like a fake mustache or something like that to kind of. Well, um, I'm sure that Felix would know where there's like a. Well, I'm maybe not here, but. You know, a, a costume shop or, or a, yeah, like something shop. that kind of theatrical my makeup. facial just a little bit, just so it looks different. Talk. I can, I can, I can do that for you. I can I? Give, you, give you a different parting, and um, perhaps a handlebar mustache, an eye patch. It works for Superman. Yes. Um, the, the, the other, sorry, and an eye patch. Can I have Hawk do an intelligence roll? Sure. 38. What? Where's my thing? Oh, jeez. I, I knew something was missing all this time. Oh, uh, yes, I passed. I, uh, I got the better than half. Suppose that you guys did go in as janitors. Um, well, first of all, you don't know what kind of uniforms they wear or how to get them. And then the second thing is um, it's a 40-story building. Right. There's no way of you'd have to go to every floor and, and go no. to every door. There's gonna be a directory. There's gonna be one of those things on the wall that's got all the little names and all of the numbers. I, th I think somebody said that they've been taken down. Oh. Felix said they've been removed. They're government the people are going why would they remove them? <laughs> government, pe government people are able to go in, but like the media and the public can't. They can't go up past the lobby. They're not letting anybody else in. Mr. Hawk, could I make a suggestion? Sure. We've got some maybe easier clues to follow up as well. There's the, the bottles of pills that you found. Oh, yeah. And uh, seemingly it's just at the grocer shop for, uh, down the road from his house where they picked them up. And we've got the the book and the medallion. Uh, and I, I think you suggested going to a synagogue or to see somebody that would maybe know about that. Know something a little bit more about it. Well, we can come back to the... To the... We can go building. to the... Yeah, we could go to the bank to Where find out about find the check. More information about. Well, this. we could also, we could also hire, um, an accountant, a CPA, and have him look over these books and see what they mean. Are they corrupted? I was was somebody trying to pull something, here. Yeah. I guess we don't want, we probably want, you know, maybe not a, a, a certified public accountant, maybe somebody a little less certified that still knows. We don't want the person going immediately to the, the authorities. 
Thomas, is this ledger thing, is this uh, an official New York City ledger or is this his own personal like checkbook? This is an official government document. Like it's illegal to have this. It's oh, got a okay. big old uh, New York City logo yeah. on it. I wonder if that's what the police are looking for in the building. Could very well be. It might be something that we should just turn over to the, the police, but I'd like to see if we can find anything out before we turn it over. To yeah, I was just about to say that there, Hawk. We should find as much information as we can out of it and then hand it over to um, the authorities. Fowler, something that you would probably know more than the others. Um, the New York City police are just as corrupt as the mobsters. About 70% of the New York City police right now are beating people in the street, mugging people in the poor districts. Like, they're just as bad as mobsters right now. Like, the city is literally in anarchy in the, in, for the next two years. Well, yeah. in the governor's office. I mean, it's... Uh... He's probably corrupt, too. He's the one who's doing the investigation. Yes. Uh, Governor Roosevelt in Albany is doing the investigation into Mayor Walker and the entire city government. So all we need to do is find somebody associated with that investigation, not, not just a cop off the street. How about this, Fowler? Your show. Surely you have accountants that work on the show to make sure that the budget and everything is in line. Yeah. Um, do you think you could persuade one of them to have a look at this books? Don't necessarily tell them what it's, what it's attached to. Just see if there's any strange uh, goings on in the book. Talk. That is a great, that is a good idea. I can probably tonight. I will talk to one of my accountants and see if they can kind of figure this out. Or if you have a personal accountant for your own spending pleasure. That's exactly what I was getting. That's what I was saying. Uh, My my accountant will, I trust him with everything. uh, Felix, you seem to know about that medallion. Uh, Well, I, I, I know what it says. I mean, I don't know much about, I think it's some sort of old um, talisman of some sort. Yeah, it's some sort of. Um, and yet, it's got some thing. sort of an Egyptian um, connection with the the letter that was with it. Well, you know, um, those those guys they mixed it all together: Egyptian, Kabbalistic, medieval. It was all like, you know, last, you know, the, the Golden Dawn and right. Theosophists and all that stuff. You know, it's a bit last century. I know. Oh, theosophists. Don't talk to me about Theosophists. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, is it also possible that this is just something that somebody picked up at an occult shop and. Uh, and it has no real meaning at all. I, I guess so. I mean, I, I wouldn't know where you'd get something like that. I mean, it's not my kind of, you know, magic. Can someone do... I don't... Is there an appraise role in, uh, in Call of Cthulhu? Yeah. Go ahead and uh, let's have Hawk and Felix both give me appraise rolls. Well, my appraise is only 5%, but I'll give it... Yeah, a- same here. Let's do it. Let's try. 
47. I, I barely made it. Oh. Praise the hell out of this. Can I use uh, 42 points of... Oh, sure. no! I got nine. Oh, that's so oh, much five. Go on, I'll, I'll do the luck. Can I, I'll oh. spend four luck. Okay. Um, yeah, I know this. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, you know, Felix, that um, the medallion seems to be well made but not made for like an item for sale it looks like it was like handcrafted so to speak there's no real way of saying it it's not like you'd 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 find this in occult shops here and there it this this looks like it's a one of a kind thing but it's not expensive it's just a it's just a slab of brass with etchings on it but it looks like it's been done properly it's not like a cheap cast no, no. It lo- it looks like literally a, a a small disc of brass that someone has finally taken like a pick and etched in everything, and uh, very meticulously they've chipped off the 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 yellow and gotten down to that 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 glistening white, and just made it very nice and very elegant. But it's not it's not perfect enough to be something that would be like master crafted or like manufactured it looks like it was handmade it's a one-time object it's probably it probably is worthless in any kind of shop well you know that's that's how they're meant to be made isn't it they're meant to just be sort of made like that i think they were meant to make them at a certain hour of the day or the month or there's a whole ritual that goes with it only in holy times i have a question for you felix um, is your knowledge of the medallion and what it says? In, in other words, you said that, the, that it's a psalm of David yeah. that's written on it. Yeah, um, do you know that because that's what you've been taught, or do you know that because you can actually read Hebrew? Um, I can actually read Hebrew. Okay. Oh yeah, my, 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 father wanted me to, well, my father wanted me to be a rabbi. I was going to say we could go have a rabbi take a look at it and see if there's anything wrong with the way that it was created. Or when I was a boy, I was sent to uh, yeshiva. um, Well, we also have the book. Um, uh, Henry Henry has not been able to translate it because he's not that good at it. But we could find somebody who is. Well, it's it's fully translated. Oh. Yeah, there is, you can, there's the Arabic, uh, and then in the double spacing, someone has meticulously handwritten English translations. So yeah. it's fully translated, but it it's it's like a it's like a 200 page thing. You'd have to like sift through it and actually like study it, hmm. which could take some time, just due to the language of we'll it. We'll say that Henry's doing that today. Okay. So what um, does that leave us with? What I'll do is, yeah. We should, we should get and bring some of the pills with us and ask the pharmacist if indeed the pills in the, in the pill box are in fact the pills that are labeled there. Because he seems to have a lot of stomach problems, but way too many stomach problems. Weren't they just... Um, 
I don't know why. Oh no, I'm... sorry, sorry. I do, I do beg your pardon. No, sorry. Ignore what I just said. I've just accidentally confused our game with an episode of CSI I watched the other day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I just CSI. What is what is CSI? It's um, uh, it's a radio play thing. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, it's um, yeah. It's they they it's broadcasting. It's probably Atlanta, a knockoff of my show. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of those. There's a big demand for the <gasps> character, particularly. <laughs> Tell me, Tommy, how would I go about trademarking uh, my my name uh, as the Great Bambone? That's fairly easy. You just have to fill out a few forms, talk to a lawyer, and that's about yeah. it. Right. Yeah, I think I might look into that now that we're we're getting paid. So what do we so have? The benefits in doing that. It easier to sue people. Yeah. Uh, Henry's working on the book. Um, uh, uh, the medallion, we pretty much know what it is. We probably don't need an expert of any kind to look at it. Um, the, munici the, munici the municipality building. Municipality. I can't say that word. Uh, that, there's my word that I can't there's say. There's your word. Uh, that's the building that, that we all probably couldn't get into and uh and probably wouldn't be able to find his office anyway well, uh, so we, have, we have the ledger and we have the pills so shall we do the pills first that's just like let's drop by the is there well, a pharmacy written on the on the pill boxes or pill bottles there's also that jazz club too well we don't even know if that's in this town we can try to look it up just sell a different kind of pills. And um, then also, um, at the end of the day, tonight. when I go back to my apartment, I will get somebody to look at that. We've also got W. Darby. See if we can. Well, maybe we can get a hold of your uh, accountant today and just go over there and talk to him. I think I can do that. Probably have to phone him, but yeah, no, that's is probably there, possible. Is there a phone book in the? I'm sure there's one here in the diner. Um, probably not in the diner, but there's probably on every corner right now in this time there is a phone booth. So you could probably just go out of the diner and just walk to the corner and go oh. into a phone booth. Give me a second. Let me see how many W Darbies there are in town. Um. Okay. So Hawk so leaves. Hawk, give me a spot heading. Uh, oh, seven. Okay. That's a pass. <laughs> Actually, wait, wait. I didn't even know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's half of an extreme. Oh, so it's basically a critical. Critical is a one, but uh, it's right. basically. All right. Um, all right. So you enter into the, uh, the phone booth, uh, rotary pay phone. You open up the, uh, you open it up. Give me a library use roll. It's a huge document. You're in New York City. And it's alphabetical. Come on. Yep. How could I possibly fail? I well, there's Burroughs. Uh, no, I, I passed. That's good. Even if you didn't. Um, it's alphabetical. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's divided by, by, by Burroughs. There's five of them. I just look for W Darby in every one. Um, Darby is um, 
because it goes by uh, by last name. Darby yeah. is a um, not a fairly common name. It's Irish, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, it's well, it's 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 Irish English, but um, it's common, but not too too common. Uh, w Darby, however, is not in the book. There's no W Darby, which just means he's not in New York. Hmm. That makes it hard. We're going to have to go to the bank and see if we can figure out where this came from. Yes. So I, I turn around and I just walk back in. All right. And as you walk back in, um, you see that there is a, uh, there's, a, there's a waitress kind of pouring everyone coffee as you sit back down. Okay. Thanks, babe. No, I don't she, say that. She smiles at you and, and she uh, walks away. Ah, coffee. All right. What is the plan? What do you guys want to do? Well, we got to do, guys, we can try to do the bank thing too because the, there's no W. Darby in the book in any of the boroughs. So there are Darbys, lots of them, but no W. Darby, which just means he's not in New York. He could be anywhere in the world. Could it be Georgian? It could be anywhere in the world. <laughs> it could be well, Georgia and Russia. That's remember he's their family is from Georgia. Maybe they are. Except that except that this is Timothy's book, right? Uh, yeah, this is Timothy's checkbook. So it could be anywhere here. Well, let's find out from the bank if we can. How do you go about doing that? Um, as I explained to Tommy um, last episode, essentially all you do is you just say, um, I mean, you have to prove that you're law enforcement or that you're investigating in some way. But essentially, essentially what you do is you just say, I need you to, here's the, here's the check stub. It's got the check number and the routing number. Uh, figure out where the check went. And they just take, check the routing number because the routing number is what goes to the other bank. Right. And then they get the account information from that because the two okay. banks need to communicate through the routing number. If, if the check was cashed. That's only, yes. Only if the check was cashed will the other bank have the information. Well, Fowler, you've got the biggest credential here as far as a detective. So you have to come with us to the bank and then yeah. you'll have to talk to the bank clerk and tell them that you need to trace this check. I could possibly do that. So shall we go to the bank? What does everybody else say? Unless you guys want to do something else. Eiffel Tower. I mean, uh, what's that thing called? Statue of Liberty? Statue of Liberty. It's the only the most iconic thing in New York City right now. Well, you do know why I said Eiffel Tower. Yes. He did design both of them. So. He did. At least the, the framework inside. and we and we never thanked him. Anyways, all right. So, um, you would go to the the checks were made out by a certain bank, so you just go to a branch of that bank. Um, it is called uh, Union Trust of New York. So that's an easy. It's it's the Union Trust of New York. It's 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 a huge branch right now. Um, so you're standing outside. It is cloudy. It's cold. Um, what are you guys doing as, you, as you're approaching? Um, who, is, who is taking lead? Is, is, are all of you going inside or some of you staying out? 
it's warmer inside. Yes, it is warmer inside. I think I think uh, uh, William would stay in the car. Um, we're in the car, aren't we? We're in Dexter's car. Yeah. 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 Um, he's kind of taking some, getting some ideas for some stories, and he's getting a little bit fix, fixated on the men in black. Okay. That, that, that have appeared. So he's actually decided to play the the role of a spy for the moment because not all of us need to go into the bank and he's right. checking down the streets to see if there's anybody of interest following us or around and about and he's jotting some stories down okay i'll stay with you Willem, if that's right that's great all right am i the only one going in the bank or is no, it I'm, going, I'm going with you okay all right just in case so you step outside it's a crowded street and walk inside and immediately as soon as you walk inside you're hit with the blast of warm air and you're it's it's relatively quiet it's relatively calm within the bank um there are three tellers open um and they're just kind of sitting there as soon as you walk in they kind of perk up they kind of sit up they were leaning on the counters before you guys showed up so who is taking point dexter okay so I will go up to uh, one of the cat to the tellers, and I. You probably have to talk to a manager. So he, uh, so you approach a teller, and he smiles and he says, "Hello, I'm Oliver. How can I help you today? Do you have an account with us?" No, I don't have an account with you guys. Uh, I need to talk to the one of the managers here. Uh, we are investigating uh, a case about a missing person, and we found one of his uh, checks. I'm wondering if you can help us find some more information about this. Well, um, well, sir, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, let me go speak to my manager very quickly. And he smiles and he nods um, and he steps away for uh, a brief moment, but it's only for about 45 seconds before he returns um, and smiles at you, Fowler. And he says, unfortunately, uh, my manager has informed me that uh, unless that you can provide us with some kind of credentials, uh, we're not really supposed to divulge uh, members of the bank's information. Well, we are detectives, sir. Is do you have anything that I can see or show him? Uh, I, how about get your manager and bring him out here, and we'll we'll talk to your manager. Go ahead and give me an intimidate roll, Hawk. Uh, what's my intimidate? Forty-five. I got seventeen. Yeah. All right. So yeah, he he's immediately like uh, shaken, and he. Uh, he he rushes away, and this time for about a minute before uh, the manager is be, uh, comes out. He's a he's a he's a rather he's a burly man, curly mustache. He's being followed by the teller, who's just kind of like meekly standing behind him. And the manager says, "My name is David. I'm the manager of this establishment. Can I help you, gentlemen?" Well, we're sorry to bother you. We've got, uh, and I I, I pull up my. Uh my wallet with my ID and everything. And I show it to him. And I'm like, uh, we're uh, detectives working on a case of a missing person. And all we need to know is 
if this check was cashed and whereabouts it was cashed. And I show him the stub. Um, all right, so he, he kind of takes the wallet and he pulls out the private investigator's license, which you and both you and Fowler would have. Um, he looks it over, um, he puts it back in the wallet, slides it over, and then silently slides the check over um, and says, it could take us a little while for us to get this information. Um, How long is a little while? Probably a few days. Um, days? You can't just... We'd have oh. to. <laughs> you don't. <need> to. <laughs> we'd have to. Uh, we'd have to call the different banks within the area, and just to make sure. Uh, and we have to figure out which branch uh, this went to, and we'd have to contact them, and they'd have to provide the information. It's a, It's there's a lot of uh, legalese involved, but it shouldn't take too long if it was cashed. Well, of course we're we're not going to leave this with you, but we can get all this information down. It's on here, and I'll leave you a card. Yes, we'll contact you if we have anything, which, like I said, in, in maybe a couple days, we'll have something. We just need to make sure with the other bank and get this information and then provide it to you. Now comes another problem. How do they contact us? I guess we're, we, we tell them that we're uh, currently staying at the hotel, the room. Sure. I, well, I also say... I hand him my number and I'm like, this is my uh, house number. It's usually somebody there to answer. Yeah, so. contact his place. Yes, sir. And he kind of jots down all the information that you're providing him, Fowler. Um, he says, now, uh, unfortunately, we'd have to keep the stub in order to, uh, to verify with the other bank, the routing number and the account number. I'm sure that is fine with you. Why? We'd have to provide them with a with a physical copy of the stub. I see. Well, I guess that's part. This is part of an investigation, so it's extremely important that says this does not get lost. There I can, can, there can be criminal charges if this gets lost. You understand? Uh, he he nods and he kind of holds up a hand and says, uh, "My me and uh, and my staff will make sure that this." is filed away and kept very safe until you re either return or we provide you with the information, in which All case right. what you can come back and we can return it to you. Well, perhaps we'll do that. It might be just as easy for us to pop back in here in a couple days. Right on, right. sir. Uh, thank you very much. And yeah, nice thank you so much. Uh, he shakes your hand. Pleasure doing business with you. Nice bank. Uh, and he kind of smiles weakly and says, yes, thank you. Uh, and he takes the stub, and, and he returns to the back office. All right. All right. So you guys walk out of the bank, and you get back in the car. This is just one of those days. Let's go to the pill place. <laughs> I think they call it Pharmacia. <laughs> oh, we got to grab some of those pills. I want to make sure they're the right pills. Uh, okay. Let's just go check we'll, and see. We'll the pharmacia, not not the ferretia, because that's that's a hardware store. Ah, no, yeah, or the taqueria. Okay. So you, so you guys are going to go to the grocer where his prescriptions were being processed, correct? Right. All right. Yes. Um, 
which is literally right down the street. It's like two houses away from the Tucker's house. So if you really needed to get the pill bottles, you would literally just walk down the block, get them, and then just walk right back. It's not, it, it's not that far. It's two houses down. Um, okay. So you guys pull up in front of Pop's grocer, Grocery and Deli. Um, it's relatively oh. busy. It's, <laughs> it's uh, Groceries, delicatessen, and drugs. All yes. In one place. Uh, Excellent. It's literally... It's a, it is right on the corner of, uh, of 71st and, uh, and 1st Avenue. So this is like a hub for the entire neighborhood or the, at this block at least. All right. Um, so there are people going in and out. Um, all right. So you guys step out. Who's going inside? Everyone? Do you guys want to go in? I'm... I'm happy to go in, but we maybe should have a detective in case they're asking, we're asking about drugs. One right. of you guys. Maybe. I'll follow behind you. Okay. What, would the, what would the others like to do? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go in. Yeah, I'll go in. Too. What about you, Tommy? Yeah, you said deli. Get a sandwich right now. <laughs> yes. What oh, if they have little Debbie snacks? I like those. Yeah, the deli sounds actually really good. And... All right. So uh, you guys go in. Uh, it's very cramped. It's a very cramped, small, probably family-owned grocery. Um, there's one little teller, and he's doing everything. Um, the man is a uh, an older, probably around 60, 65, uh, black man. Um, he's got a big apron over him. Uh, he's got wearing a checkered shirt, and he's helping a customer out. Um, as soon as uh, you open the door, William, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm having you lead in. Um, the bell rings, and he smiles, and he smiles this big, happy grin. He's got cataracts in his eyes, and he says, "Welcome to Pops." And uh, and he kind of nods, and uh, and he's giving the lady her change. Um, this lady is old, old. She's old. Tommy, can I have you give me a uh, intelligence roll, please? Yes. Regular pass. Um, you didn't get a, a a good glimpse, but you can recognize her. It's the it's the woman from across the street who oh, yeah. <laughs> she saw she saw you and then closed the blinds and then was watching you with one eye through the blinds. Yeah, I definitely remember her eyes. So, uh, so she literally, she, she takes her bag of groceries and she's old. She's like bent over and she kind of looks at you, uh, with, with a little bit of a sneer and just kind of waddles past you. Um, the, the, the it, it, it's, it's, it's crowded in the back where the deli is, um, where another African-American man, um, he's younger, probably around 40. Um, he's, uh, younger compared to the man at the teller. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking they're letting the guy handle the money who's got cataracts. And yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but it, it's very crowded over where the deli is. As for the grocery, not so much. Um, he steps out, the, the, the larger, older gentleman steps out from behind the counter and he goes, what can I do for you folks today? And he kind of like uh, undoes his apron and folds it up. 
Well, William decides to go for it and try being a, a detective for five minutes, and and he and he says, "Well, we're we're a group investigating one of your customers who is missing at the moment, and his name is Timothy Tucker, and we understand that he gets his prescriptions here. He's gone missing, and we're very concerned. The family are concerned for him." Oh uh, yeah, I know Timothy. Bring out one of the bottles and say, "Can you tell us what?" his medication was for what he was taking well uh i know i know timothy he's he's the boy that was right up the the street there uh that's, that's right my, my son and he points to the man behind the delicatessen uh counter and he says my son and him they, they talked all the time um well i'm sorry gentlemen uh and he and he kind of passes the 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 pill bottle back to you and he says but i already told uh, those state investigators, everything I knew when they came in here. And uh, well, we're working for the family, so can you? Would you mind just repeating what he was taking for oh, us? You you were hired by Samantha, and he kind of gives yeah. this big smile. Lovely lady. Haven't seen her in here much after she got pregnant. All right. Well, let's see what uh what we can do. Uh, what did you say your name was? Uh, my name's William Olmstead Green. And he, and he gives this big, happy grin, and he holds out a big hand, and, 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 he, and he says, name's Pop. I turn around to Tommy and say, this guy's the happiest guy I've ever met in my life. In New York City, too. Uh, and, he, and, he, and he looks at the other four of you, and he says, and you all are, are with him, this young man? Yeah, but I'm yes. going a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> well, can, you I, met- can I have one of those um, Pearson's salted nut rolls? Oh, go, go ahead and you you grab him, bring up um, bring him up to my son over there at the at the counter on the other end. You let him you let him handle it. Felix, you just grab your own nets and let that guy handle them. <laughs> I guess that passes is funny. Up, uh, okay, sorry. Uh, and it was like- a bit salty. <laughs> <laughs> And he and he looks at William and he and he says, "Well, you come with me and uh, and 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 I'll look in the back and I'll look at the files." All right. Great, that's great. Thanks for your help. And he says, "Well, as best as I can." And he and he like points at his eyes and then smacks you on the shoulder hard and just begins busting up, just laughing. And then he goes, "Well, let's go look." And uh, and he, he and he begins striding towards uh, the the big. Um, but it's not. It's not a big. It's a window that's that's got a that's got a, a grated mesh with a hole in it, and then the door next to it. And he opens the door, uh, and he says, "Now, a young man, you wait out here, and I'll bring out what I can find." All right. Great. Thank you. All right. Um, what about uh, you guys? You guys said you were going up to uh, the deli yeah. counter. Yeah. Um. So you guys uh, approach, and the man behind the counter, like I said, he's around 40, um, and, and he smiles and says, Hi, welcome to Pops. Are you guys looking to, to get something? Uh, yeah, I'll take a yes. rusty sandwich with some nice uh, dark deli mustard on it, and, uh, and uh, you can put it between two uh, chunks of bread there. Sure. White or rye? Rye. And he nods, and he says, Good choice. Uh, and and he's and he writes it all down. And he says, "Are you all together?" Yeah. And he nods, and he and he gets everyone else's order. Um, 
and he, and as he's writing your guys' orders down, he looks up and says, "So you're talking to my my my, my pop over there?" Yes, we are. Uh, what's this? Uh, what's this about? Well, we heard that you were friends with uh, with Timothy Tucker. Well, uh, you know, we're, we live in the same neighborhood. Our house is just across the street from the grocer. Mm-hmm. Um, or we live right next to the Smiths. Uh, we would go over to, uh, to, 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 to Morgan's house uh, uh, maybe once a week and we play poker. Timothy, that's really the only time we ever saw him. Does he see he liked to play poker, huh? Well, you know, he was good at it, but I wouldn't say he liked it. Um, and, he, and he puts one sandwich on the, on the table. Um, as he's, and he's, he's literally talking and making it. Did you, guys, um, did you guys gamble a little while you were playing poker? Oh, of course, yeah, but not, 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 not too much, you know, pennies. Um, what, would you, what, what would you say he was like? I mean, we're, uh, uh, we don't know him very well. But. Well, you know, he's a, he, was a, he was a quiet guy, um, really shy. He, he, was hold, he was holed up in that house um, pretty much as long as I can remember, other than the, the, the poker games every week. Um, he'd go to work, he'd come home. That's about it. Kept to himself mostly, but when we, we when we played, he was a nice guy, you know. Um, Samantha, I know much better. Samantha's a wonderful, wonderful lady. Uh, when my wife passed uh, just a couple of years ago, she came over and she she definitely helped me and my son out and Pop, of course. Would you, uh, in your experience with Mister Tucker? Did you ever play with anyone who you thought might be kind of, I don't know how to say it, uh, not not very friendly towards Mr. Tucker? Oh no, it was it's just it's just us in, on the block, you know. It's just uh, Ralph and and Mr. Huckabee, you know. It's just it's just us on the block. No one no one else really plays, but he stopped coming eventually, you know. Timothy did. Um, well, I'm sorry to say that he's gone missing and we're... Oh, yeah, we know that. He's been missing for about two weeks now, right? You guys, and he kind of, uh, and as he puts the last sandwich down, um, he says, now you guys, uh, you, you guys aren't with those, uh, those, 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 those state investigators, are you? No, no we're, we're working for Samantha. Oh. Uh, state investigators, who came in? You know, have any idea? Group of guys, um... They had a, they had badges. They were saying um, they were just looking into the disappearance of, of Timothy uh, on behalf of the city. When did uh, they show up? Oh, um, God! They showed up around the time he disappeared. At least th- two days afterwards. Um, he they 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 talked to my son. Uh, and 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 Brian didn't know anything, and you know he came and got me, and I talked to him. And I, no, wait, who, are, who are we talking to? Are we talking to the deli guy? Yeah, you're talking about yeah. three people Pops here, or uh, his son. There's the, Pops, Arthur, and his the son. But the the Brian is not here. It's just Arthur and Pops. Okay. So Arthur also has a son. Yes, they all live together. Okay, it's it's Arthur Senior, Arthur Junior, and Brian, but they call him Pops. Okay. 
Um, he's, uh, they asked me uh, how how I how, how much I knew Timothy, if I knew Timothy and Samantha's daily schedule. But you know, all I really knew about him, other than what I learned from the poker games, is he worked with the city planner's office and. He left uh, home around 6 a.m. every day, and he took the, the train um, down on First Avenue all the way to, to Central Station. That's about it. That's all I could tell him. There were about, uh, about four of them, these, these state investigators. Four. four? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, one of them... Uh, one of them, he, he, he said his name was, uh, um, uh, his name was uh, Harry, I believe. I believe his name was Harry. Um, and I've seen one of them. I have. I've seen one of them uh, uh, around here uh, lately. Uh, he, uh, uh, he, he, he was sitting up on the, uh, the abandoned house right next to uh, Miss, Miss Campbell, uh, the one across the street from the Tuckers. Um, he was standing on that on that porch, smoking cigarettes and eating candy bars. And um, he'd come in here once in a while. And eventually, I asked him, you know, "How's it going?" And they just said, uh, "They're keeping an eye out and hoping the police do what they do best." Did they ever give him? Did you ever give you a last name? No, none of them did. I don't even know the guy who who was standing up on the porch. I just knew he was with the the state investigators. He was standing out on that porch, you know, every day for 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 about a week. Mm. And he'd he'd come and go, you know. He'd 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 show up for an hour, and he'd leave for two, and then he'd show back up. You know. Right. Um. Well, thanks. I take a bite of my sense. So William um, pops and opens the door, and um, and he's got a he's got a a piece of paper in his hand. Um, and he says, "Well." All I could find was was this. Uh, the only thing helpful I could get, get you. Uh, I don't know any of the uh, of the of the of the, the pills and what they do. Uh, th- that's that's more uh, a friend of mine who comes in here and works the pharmacy every other day. Uh, but I got this. This is his uh, his doctor. You know, Timothy. He'd come in here and he'd be feeling all sorts of uh, of bad. So so we'd give him uh, some 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 of that uh, 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 that ginger ale. You know, help his stomach. But uh, but this here, and he hands you the piece of paper. It's a it's a doctor's name. Uh, it's Michael Desmura. He's a he he's a he got a, a, an office in Manhattan, five fifty East one forty seventh Street. Uh, he's the guy who kept uh, sending the prescriptions over, and we kept filling them. So maybe he knows. And he and he kind of uh, taps the paper in your hand. Well, pops, that's great. That's really great. That's a good help. So, so you reckon that uh, Timothy really had a lot of health troubles then? He was back oh. And forward. Oh, yeah. He was getting sick all the time. It wasn't stomach issues. He was getting sick with the cold, even in the summer. He was getting colds all the time. Uh, he felt like crap a lot of the time, but he kept going to work every single day. Was he a nervous man? No, I wouldn't say nervous, shy, mostly. He'd come in here, and you know me, as soon as they come in, I'm just a hooting and a hollering, and I brought him over, and I tried talking to him, but, you know, he doesn't really talk to me. He just kind of listens. He, 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 he's stone cold, nice glasses. Uh, he's shaved off the mustache, though. 
I missed the mustache a little bit. <laughs> I saw some. He misses the mustache. <laughs> That's a belter, Thomas. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting that at all. All right. And he and he laughs when he says that too. And he says, "You need anything else? You know, Arthur. He's got all kinds of. Uh, uh, he, he can talk all day about Timothy. They, they were friends, you know. They would hang out uh, every Tuesday." Yeah. So, so you said. I'll go and I'll go and talk to Arthur just now. Then. All right. Pops, you're one one of a kind. I'm glad to talk to you. Well, I'm glad to talk to you too. And he gives a big smile and he says, well, "Tell your friends." They, even though you're my friend, they got to pay. We all, you all got to pay. Sure, sure. I'm going for a sandwich. And he, and he smiles and he nods uh, and he says, that he'll, he'll ring you up over there. Um, I'm a little tired, so I'm going to sit on the stool. And he goes okay. up behind the counter and he sits on a stool. Um, and he's just leaning does against he, the wall resting. Does he play a banjo or anything like that? No, no but he's definitely, got, he's definitely got an accent. Um, okay. He's definitely... Uh, so you approach, you guys have a Southern accent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's there. Well, I'm pops. We're definitely coming back to this store and I go over and get a sandwich and talk to Arthur. All right. So you approach just as he's ringing up the other four. Um, and he, uh, and Arthur kind of looks over at you and he says, are you with uh, them as well? Sure. Yeah. So you're 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 part of this investigation. Um, Samantha hired all of you. Yeah, yeah, Samantha. Yeah, she's she's a lovely person, but she's really missing her man. And he and he nods uh, and he says, "I I know that feeling. I know what that's like." Well, uh, like I said, uh, all I really knew was you know Timothy went to work and Timothy was a relatively shy guy. Um, but that's really about it. And I told all that to the state investigators when they came to me. I just kind of whisper quietly as if I'm just trying to get a bit more personal because I know the guys have already spoken to him. And I'm like, was there anything they ever said that he was worried about or anything that was maybe going on that, you know, maybe he wouldn't want to say to somebody else? I know that he uh, he was uh, he was close to um, his neighbor, Ralph. Ralph. Uh, Ralph Morgan, he's the neighbor right uh, right next to him. Um, he's the one with the with the kids. I don't know if you've seen him. Um, no. Uh, well, uh, you know, I think that uh, he knows a little bit. He was acting a little odd when uh, Timothy stopped showing up to those uh, those poker games. Mm-hmm. You know, well, they were friends. They were they were closer. I know. You know, I don't know what. My pop told you, but uh, me and him, me and Timothy, we knew each other, but we weren't close or anything like that. I know Pop said he's sure missed his mustache. <laughs> but, uh, and he, and, but, he yeah. kinda, and when you say that, Arthur kind of shakes his head and says, <laughs> my, my pop is losing it a little bit. So. Oh, he's a good old guy. Wow. Anyway, I pick a sandwich out and I, and I thank him. And, All um, right. Well, you got your sandwiches. Uh, it, it's rung up. It's about three dollars um, for the I'll five of you. For all of those. Yeah, let let Dexter. <laughs> okay, Dexter pays for them. Um, 
and you guys leave. Sandwiches in hand. Uh, so we're all sitting in the car, and uh, I said, as- guys, you know, there's something, something that's coming together in my head. We've got corruption in City Hall. We've got a lockdown on the municipality building, and we've got state uh, investigators looking for Timothy Tucker. We've got Timothy Tucker with a, a, a city ledger in his um, safe. I think Timothy's on the run. Yep. Don't Sounds you? like embezzlement to me. That uh, he's run yeah. because he's afraid that they're going to, and the the men in black, so to speak, that are in the neighborhood, they're state officials. They're 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 hoping that he tries to sneak home, so that they're they're trying to nab him. Uh, now, whether whether they're legitimate or whether they're affiliated with some mobsters, we don't know. But I think that's what's going on here, and. If that's the case, we've got a really, we've got a, 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 a probably an insurmountable problem. And that's, yeah. if Timothy Tucker doesn't want to be found, we will probably not find him. He could go out of state. He could go anywhere. He could change his name. Well, look, I mean, I don't want to be the one to say this, but I guess I'm going to have to be. But um, I don't know about you, but times are hard. And 25 bucks a day is is good money. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, why don't we just stick at this and do what we can to see if we can find him for as long as the money keeps coming. You're a sneaky, crafty, evil person, and I like that. Hey, I'm not, I'm just saying, (laughs) we do do the job, we just try, we go out every day and try and find him. Well. You know, as long as, as long as we're honest and we go out every day and we keep trying to do it. He has a friend. We just keep doing it for as long as they keep doing it, 25, giving us 25 bucks a day. I mean, I'm happy with that. He has a friend, Ralph Morgan, who lives next door, the the house with the kids playing in the yard last night. It's possible that Ralph might know something. My guess is, look, look, Timothy has a wife, a lovely wife at home who is pregnant, and it's not an accident. They've got a room that they were starting to work on to be their nursery, so they were planning on having this child he's not just going to leave her alone. My guess is he's waiting for the opportunity to come back and grab her so they can go. And that's what the state investigators are hoping for. They're hoping that he tries something like that so they can grab him. But Morgan might know something. I'm going to throw out another alternative to that. Okay. Uh, but, but similar thinking, but everything I've seen and heard about Timothy and, in fact, his entire family, Samantha, seems like a wonderful person. They all seem like good people to me. And I'm starting to think if maybe Timothy acquired that, like maybe he was offered some money to steal evidence and that that ledger book is some sort of evidence against the corruption. So these investigators that have been sent to come looking for him 
they might be cops or they might be legitimate investigators, but maybe they're corrupt and they're now trying to get Timothy before this evidence is revealed. I think that you might. Yeah. That's definitely a possibility. Maybe we have to carefully ascertain which is the truth. We need to get the, the guy to look at that ledger and tell us what it means. Yeah. yeah. And the key to this. I will, when I be, I will definitely give him a call right away. Why don't you call there's, there's, there's One more thing. I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't like that lady across the street. Yeah, and mentioning her, as you say, that lady across the street, you guys kind of all look, and she's like crossing the street. And as she's crossing the street, she's like looking at you as she carries her bags. She keeps giving me the stink eye, and I don't like it. I'm telling you, she's a servant of the elder gods. <laughs> she thinks that you're a, a real peeping Tommy. <laughs> and uh, that's what I'll do is I will go call my uh, accountant up and yeah, see there's if a, I there's can. A paper right there. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's an easy enough thing. Um, Fowler, you make enough money as is for you to essentially employ this guy basically full time. You're almost his, his full client. So that's not anything difficult but we'll say that you're in there and you're making the phone call um, and they're waiting out in the car for you so that they can kind of formulate a plan as for the rest of the day since it's only like 11 o'clock you've got the rest of the day yeah so what else would you guys like to possibly do while the while the day is still young well uh, i'd like go ahead Kim. it's about just uh going back to that nasty looking neighbor did did that overhear the guy telling you that the the cop had went in the neighbor's house is that right the harry guy dirty harry did he not camp camp out at the neighbor's house a neighbor's house or i think he said it was an abandoned house yeah there's an and you guys can see it there is a house that is uh has a for sale sign uh that is currently uh next to the crotchety old woman um, at her house. Okay. So it looks like that's what they were mentioning. The abandoned house, as in a, it is an empty house that is up for sale, but it's the depression. No one's buying. Hey, Mr. Hawk, isn't it a, uh, an old standby of investigators or detectives that we you always ask where the person was last seen? Do we know that? I actually didn't that didn't we go over that? Did he leave for work in the morning and then never came back? Samantha says that he left for work and never came back. Okay. The question is whether he were, he arrived at work, but the yeah. thing is is that we can't find that out without getting into the municipality building and asking. Why does that word sound wrong? Municipality. That's the right I got it in my head that that's that's you can call it the municipality. You can call it the municipal building. It's like I, I think there's a missing in in there somewhere. <laughs> so, where would you guys like to go? Well, once we know what Fowler, if Fowler can get his lawyer, let's go there. Okay. Um, so you guys can't. So Fowler, you do schedule a time, a time around three o'clock. So oh. after lunch, yeah. Well, is there any reason to visit the syn- well, the synagogue or? Uh... 
we'll, and I'm guessing we'll it's at my it's at my apartment then. It'll be at your uh, accountant's office in Manhattan. Okay. Does anybody? Uh, I come back and I relay the information. Uh, Three o'clock at my accountant's oh, office. Okay. Um, That's great. Um, so uh, I also let the guys know about the the old pops couldn't tell us about the actual drugs, but. Um, he gave us the doctor's address, which is in 147th Street. So I don't know how far away that is. I think that was near the big hotel. Yeah, it was. It was. It was at. It's. It's near Times Square. Well, we're heading into Manhattan anyway. Well, can I just remind you guys that the neighbors, right? Oh, right that's true. House right now. We're going to talk if, if Mr. Morgan's home. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so you want to go to the Morgans? Ralph Morgan. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so you guys just literally pull up like another house. Yeah. And you literally just, just like drive. You you literally just drive like twenty <laughs> feet, and you're there. So you're out front of the uh, of the Morgans' house. Uh, nice little white picket fence. Um, there's a there's a decaying snowman. They built last night that in the heat uh, of today, even though it's gloomy, you can see that it's kind of like slumping to one side. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a small little 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 house. Uh, who would like to knock? I'm I'm gonna be eating my sandwich in my vehicle, kind of watching, kind of being like a lookout. Okay. Well, I knock. Okay. Um, and you can kind of hear like muffled noises behind the door and the door opens and you're immediately hit with like the barrage of three children playing and screaming and being children. Um, and it's a, it's a man, uh, big rosy cheeks, um, balding. Um, he's wearing, uh, a, 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 a button up shirt and it's a wife beater. Uh, and he smiles at you. He's wearing khakis and he smiles and he says, well, can I help you guys? And you can hear uh, a woman in the background, uh, yelling at children and saying, take it outside if you're going to do that. Take it outside. Let's go. And she's like clapping and getting these kids all uh, up and ready to go. Uh, Ralph Morgan? And he says, is something wrong? Uh, no, not at all. We we're actually, we were hired by uh, Samantha next door. Uh, oh. And he, and he immediately turns his head and he says, Cindy, there, it's about Samantha. And, uh, and she says, who is it? And he kind of looks and he says, are you uh, police? Well, we're private detectives. So, 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 uh, so, so Samantha hired you then? Yes. Um, but to find Timothy, if that's possible. Oh, is there, you're probably here for, to, to ask us some questions. Come on in. And he kind of just like opens the door and allows you by. Um, but he enters you into like a little mudroom area and the kids immediately come in and they're like, crashing into you in their snow gear um and they're they're uh they're laughing and they just run outside and he says sorry about the kids as he closes the door that's okay they're wonderful things to have they're uh, wonderful things for your friends and neighbors to have and uh and he smiles and he says yeah well uh there, here's the living room and he points inside and it's a it's a rather quaint little living room um there's a card game that was like on the ground it's all shuffled out because of the kids running around and he says why don't you guys uh, sit on the on the sofa over here uh you guys want anything um 
you want you want some you want some Pepsi or, or water, coffee. Coffee would be nice. Okay. Uh, what about what about you three? I'll have a Pepsi. All right. I could, I, I could drink a coffee. All right. And uh, and and he, and he looks at you and he says, "You're a little young to be a private investigator. Uh, what, what do you want to drink?" And he and he uh, he kind of laughs and rubs his hands. Talking to me, I guess. Yes. Pepsi, sir. Uh, and he yells back and he says, "Cindy, two Pepsis and two coffees, please, and bring me a Pepsi too." Uh, and she says. Are you talking to the private? Inve- I'm talking to the private investigator, Cindy. You get the drinks and come on in. And uh, and he kind of smiles. Is my wife, you know. Uh, so sit down, sit down, sit down. And uh, he takes a seat in a in a uh, in a plush like armchair. Um, I would like to do a look around, just covert, just sort of as I'm sitting down, to see if there's anything in the room that might belong. To Timothy. Well, the house as it is is pretty cluttered and uh, uh, sure. a little dirty. Yeah. Um, give me a spot hidden. Oh, I think I didn't pass that. Oh my god, I missed it by one. Okay. Well, you don't see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but he sits down and he says, uh, well, it, you know... It, as soon when I heard that Timothy disappeared, I couldn't believe it. You know, one day he, he, he he's at his house, and the next day he's gone. When was the last time you saw Timothy? Well, you know, I see Timothy almost every day. You know, I think I'd like to think of myself as probably his best friend. You know, um, we saw each other every day coming home from work. I'm a, a, I, I work a, at a, an accounting firm in the city. Um, and so I get off around the same time as uh, as Timothy does. Um, so we talk, and, and then of course I host. Um, I do a little bit of a uh, of a block get together. You know, the the men come over here, and then uh, every all the all the ladies go over to uh, to uh, Samantha's, and they all kind of have drinks or whatever they do, and uh, and we play uh, poker. You know, we play poker into the uh, wee hours of the evening, all of us, but. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Timothy stopped coming, and I saw him less and less, and now he's, you know, he's gone. Um, so Timothy, actually, his frequency of playing with you at poker lessened before he disappeared. Well, he just stopped showing up completely. Back around uh, beginning of February, um, literally, all of a sudden, he just stopped coming. He looked a little run down before that. Um, but I just kind of chalked that up to stress at work. You know, City Hall is a disaster zone right now with all the controversy and the scandal and the murders. You know, uh, the whole damn government is just turning upside down. So I just kind of chalked that up to the whole reason why uh, Timothy and, wasn't showing up. And and where where do you work? Do you work for the city? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I work at a very small uh, uh, company. Uh, we essentially make, uh, we make uh, uh, textiles and stuff. I'm just the on-call accountant. I see. And that's when um, Cindy comes in, very thin, um, very short blonde hair, uh, and she comes in with, uh, with, uh, with drinks in hand. She says, here, you, here you all go. Oh, thank uh, you very much. 
just uh, and and you are and she kind of looks to the four of you uh, clifton hawk actually i probably probably stand up because okay a lady has entered the room all right uh, thank you and very much. felix epstein ma'am and and as soon as you guys kind of all stand up uh, she says no you, you guys uh need you should just sit just sit and uh and uh and that's when Ralph kind of chuckles and says, and no one stood up for her in a, in a while. So this is probably flattering to her. And, uh, and, and in a joking manner and, uh, and Cindy just kind of. So uh, Mr. I'm sorry, Mr. Uh, Mr. Morgan. Yeah. Um, as you understand, we're trying to find out what happened to Timothy and where he went. Uh, you said you're his best friend. Uh, has he talked to you? Did he talk to you at all towards uh, just before his disappearance about any problems that he might have gotten involved with, especially gambling or um, you say, well, we know he worked at the municipality building uh, maybe something at work that was really troubling him? Well, you know, there was a, uh... There was some some. Uh, he was talking about his work in a really negative way. He just kept saying, "Like I gotta get out of this because it's just it's it's stressful." The, the, the investigation was heating up. Roosevelt was sending out letters. There were subpoenas coming from everywhere. He just said he couldn't take it. It was just too stressful. I see. And he and he was and he was thinking about quitting for for some time. Um, as for the disappearances, uh, no, I don't really. There was no odd behavior. Uh, Cindy then chimes in and says, but you know, he wasn't at the house either. And Ralph kind of just like looks up at her. He's like, what? What are you talking about? He wasn't at the house. And, uh, and Cindy goes, well, you know, uh, he wasn't at the house. Uh, me and Samantha would, uh, would sit up and talk past six o'clock when he was supposed to show up uh, at home and he wasn't there. And if, and if I've got anything to say, gentlemen, You've got a pregnant wife at home. If you're not there at six o'clock sharp, you're either A, getting drunk, or B, with someone else. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Morgan, did he drink? Mm, and they kind of look at each other and says, well, uh, you know, Just we're not... on a normal basis, did he... We know that he gambled with you. Did he ever go out gambling outside your uh, your little get-togethers? No, definitely not. And of course, you know, we uh, and he kind of looks you over and he says, you know, me and uh, and Cindy here, we partake of the you know a little bit of carf- coffin varnish every once in a while. You know, nothing nothing unusual. Okay, you, know? you did something that's like this for me. Well, coffin varnish is uh, is is a slang term for alcohol. Oh, okay. Um, is we, we, we you know throw throw them the wink, you know. Hey, look, everyone does. Everyone does. You're I was like, friends. what the hell are you doing? Well, <laughs> well, you, well, you know, uh, you know, Timothy didn't really drink all that much, but one time, Arthur, one of the one of his friends, uh, he he gave him a a a pack of, you know, and it was it was unmarked rum and stuff like that, and so. We had we had a good time, but that was like so you would back in a, August. You would spend a little time with uh, 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 Mrs. Morgan. You would spend a little time with Samantha while uh, while he. What, what time would he normally show up then in the evenings? Well, I was usually gone by then, but you know, 
And according to Samantha, what, it was. What, what time did you leave? Oh, I left about eight o'clock. It was anywhere between nine and ten when he'd show up. Mm. And you know, Samantha is just heartbroken especially now that she's pregnant and you know just when she gets pregnant and they're starting to have a kid it took long enough and now he's just gone you know it seems uh let's hope that that's not the case that uh there's some other reason what was timothy's side of this story i mean did she did she ask him where he was going at night i didn't really want to pry i just you know Samantha vented to me, you know, we'd sit and have tea and coffee from about four to, to about eight and I'd leave. And, you know, that was that anything that, uh, anything that wouldn't happen, you know, was between them. And Ralph then chimes in and he says, yeah, well, like my, like my wife said, you're either getting drunk or you're, you're sleeping with someone else. And I don't see how you could be sleeping with someone else as pretty as, uh, as Samantha. And, uh, and uh, uh, Cindy then kind of uh, kind of glares down at, at Ralph, and he just kind of holds up his hands like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ralph then goes, you know, but like like my wife said, you know, it took them long enough to have a kid. You know, he was uh, shooting a little uh, less than usual. You know, um, I, I, I'm I'm going to try to use like a persuade on on Ralph, but this is what I'm going to say, um, Ralph. Um, first of all, I want you to understand that we're not with the state. And if, if Timothy was involved in anything, uh, we're really not that interested in, in that aspect of it. All we are is hired to find Timothy. If he's in danger, if he, uh, needs help, we're here to provide it. We need to get him back to his wife. If you know anything, um, if you know whether he was having an affair, if you, we're we're talking about a man's life and we really need to, we really need to be serious in this. If you're assisting him, if you're helping him to hide. Whoa, 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 whoa. No no one said anything about, about assisting me. I just did. I'm I'm saying you're his best friend. We would understand, and like I say, we are not with the police, and we are not with the state. Uh, we just need to find out where he is. Listen, uh, I wish I knew, you know, and 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 that jolly kind of look goes away. I wish I knew, you know. He just up and left. No one knows where he's at. We're all, everyone on the block is just, well, everyone but Dorothy Campbell is just heartbroken you well know? you understand i have to ask so no I, I i get that um and then cindy says and in response to uh the affair we don't know but a woman knows um i understand what she's saying can i just do a psychology on him to see if in fact i really believe that he doesn't know anything yeah go ahead that was part of it to shock him so that he would you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think I passed that. No, I didn't pass that. So I can't tell. But he seems like he, 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 se- he seems genuinely um, shocked and, and, and shooken. Like, you know, he, he, and he goes, I love, you know, I love Samantha. I think she's great. And I love Timothy. And, and Timothy, like I said, he was, he was one of my best friends. I, I, 
if he got into some kind of trouble, I'd want to know about it so I could help him. Well, maybe you can help us. Is there anything about his activities outside of home and work um, and poker that you know about that he liked to, I don't know, hang out at the museum or go to the library or go to see what kind of movies did he like to go see? He didn't really like movies. And he kind of scoffs and says he thought that they were, uh, they were just uh, knocking off art. You know, it's just moving pictures. He was into art. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, he showed me some stuff. He liked to do a lot of his stuff, though, uh, in his house. Uh, he didn't need to go anywhere to, to paint, you know. I know that he, 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 he frequented art galleries sometimes, but that was usually with his wife, you know. She I liked see. art, too. I see. Well, the coffee's delicious. Thank you very much. How about jazz clubs? Say that again, Tommy. How about jazz clubs? Did he ever mention a jazz club? Did he go after music every now and then? Uh, and and Ralph kind of scoffs and says, "I don't think Timothy ever listened to music." No. Okay. Timothy was a, a pretty bare minimum kind of guy. Ralph. Uh, Ralph. Um... What, what is it about this neighbor? Is it Mrs. Campbell? She seems kind of nasty. Did she not like the family? Oh, she doesn't like anybody. <laughs> and, and and he kind of scoffs, and, and Cindy crosses her arms at the mention of her, and she says, she's a, she's a nosy old woman. All she does all day is hoard stuff up in her house and watch out the window like some kind of crone waiting for something to happen. And the minute something happens, what does she do? She calls the cops. Uh, Ralph then uh, leans back in the chair and says, me and Cindy got drunk one night. And, you know, we were... And he kind of looks at Cindy, and Cindy kind of just rolls her eyes. He's fooling around on the couch. You know, the kids were asleep. We were down here just, you know, having a good time. Our window was partially open. And that old witch, she's watching us. All of a sudden... I've got two uniforms knocking on my door, wondering if we're drunk, talking about public indecency. My window was half closed, for God's sake. Yeah, that's that's it. That was at 11 o'clock at night. She's up at 11 o'clock at night watching us people. Yeah, she sounds like an old busybody. And that was me thinking old people went to bed early. No, she doesn't sleep, it seems. There's one in every uh, neighborhood. Yeah. You're telling me she's horrible. She doesn't talk. I know that uh, that Samantha, you know, tried inviting her over to their little girls thing when when we did our guys' night on Tuesdays, you know, and she came over a few times, but you know, she was positively horrible and never came back. Even though Samantha kept inviting her. Um, you had a little girls thing that you guys did uh, while the boys were playing poker. Uh, who else did you invite to those? Well, we, we of course uh, invited Mrs. Huckabee, and then of course we invited. Uh, let me pull up her name here. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, we invited uh, Donna as well, uh, Donna Richard or Donna Donna Smith. She lives across the the street from us. Um, see. You know the, the Willises. We invited the the Willises' uh, uh, wife over. Um, but she passed away about three years ago. Oh, so. But no, uh, that's really about it. Uh, 
like I said, we invited uh, Mrs. Campbell over, but she was horrible. You know, you're supposed to bring a a a a a a, a meal. It's a potluck. You bring right. a meal, and we sit and talk. She'd bring nothing, and she just sit there and just and and ask us questions and try and get information out about us. And it's just, it was horrible. It was an yeah, awful there, experience. There's one of those in every neighborhood. They're 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 sad, poor people who have nothing better to do than. And Cindy kind of nods. Anything else? Well, moment, nothing I can think of. How about the rest of you? Right, thank you very much for the Pepsi. It was great. Well, you know, you can take the glass. She points at the at the glass in your hand. You just recycle it because it's the it's the bottle, the glass bottles. Right, and with that, you guys are going to leave. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I guess there was something that was right here, and I was trying to find it again. But well, if you remember, they're always here. Um, right, right. So, as you guys are leaving, um, Cindy says, "You know, goodbye," and, and she closes the door. Um, oh, yes, Felix. I was just before she um, closes the door. Could I ask him one last question? Sure. Mr. Morgan. One last thing. <laughs> and, he, and he kind of perks up and looks at you. Do you remember um, Timothy ever mentioning uh, someone called William Darby or William Derby? No, I've never heard that name before. Never heard that name. Have you heard of it, Cindy? And Cindy shakes her head. I mean, I've never heard it. How about Roy Klein? No. Never heard a name like that. Mm. All right. And she's and they say, Well, we're sorry that we couldn't help any further. How about his brother Arthur? Did he talk uh, about Arthur much? Uh Ralph says he doesn't really talk about his family very often. I know that uh uh that sister of his, the one that's staying over there now. Bethany. She came Bethany, you know, she came down um, a few times and they visited. I've seen Arthur, um, not just when he came down to, to look for Timothy. I've seen him like once or twice. Hmm. Bethany is the one who comes down the most. Um, but I've never really talked to him. All right. Well, if we need anything, we'll, 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 we know where you live. Thank you. If you hear anything, please contact us. We'll contact Samantha and Bethany and they'll get it right to you, okay? Perfect. And they wave and they close the door. And as soon as they close the door and you guys turn around, um, Tommy, you feel this big wet thing hit you right in the chest. Yeah. And you, and you look down and it's just like this slush of snow. And you hear a, a little boy and he goes, got you. You're dead now, and it's and it's the 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 uh, the boy, the uh, the oldest of uh, of the Morgans, and he kind of rushes up, and his two sisters are coming behind, and he. Uh, well, well, William dives down and gets a snowball and launches it at them. I pull out my gun. No, no, I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
free and motherfucker. <laughs> so he he dodges the the snowball pretty uh, pretty well, and he says, "You guys are talking about uh, that, that that guy next door, right? The one who disappeared." Oh yeah, that's right. Well, what what's going on? What happened? Oh, you don't know? No, my parents won't tell me, but I'm 11. I'm practically an adult. Um, it's just adult stuff. Well, what about adult? Are you guys cops? No, we're not cops. Do you guys have guns? Everybody has guns. <laughs> I don't have a gun. I've got them right. You're too old, kid. You'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> uh you know, do you was was Mr. was Mr. Tucker in the mafia? I think he's in the mafia. That's what I've been telling my friends at school. Why do you think that? Well, you know, he disappeared. Mafia. What they do is they put your feet in concrete slabs and they dump you in in in, in the East River. Everyone knows that. You've been watching too much TV, kid. Wait. Radio. You've been watching too much radio, kid. Oh, I. Watch it. I have not been listening to too much radio, mister. Like I said, I'm an adult. I know all these things. I read it in magazines and in the newspaper. Do you know who this is over here? I point to Fowler. And, he's, and he says, no, I don't know who that is. That's Dexter Fowler. Dexter Fowler? I don't listen to that crap. <laughs> crap. <laughs> I was hoping to distract the kids and let them jump all over Fowler as we go to the car. I'm, I'm um, gonna, I'm gonna give the the, the kid a quarter <laughs> and wink at him and say, "You're a good kid. I like you." He takes the quarter and he says, "Wow, Mister," and, he, and I need Felix to give me a psychology role. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say quietly to uh, to William and Tommy. Um, oh, I've passed. Uh, you guys noticed that uh, that uh, Ralph is a an accountant. That was interesting. Um, Felix, as you're bending over to give him the quarter, he takes a quarter. You're looking past him, and you're looking at the little girl, the littlest. Um, she seems about four or five. She seems very uncomfortable. Like she's looking at the ground and she's kind of bundled up. She's looking at the ground. You're all right there, sweetie. And uh, the young one, Todd, he turns around and he says, That's just Martha. She's she she's she's a scaredy cat. Uh, the the middle child, Polly, then goes, uh, she gets nightmares sometimes. And Todd goes, it's because she's a baby. She's a baby. Nightmares? What, what, what about? And she kind of looks up at you and she goes, Mr. Tucker? Why, why would you have nightmares about Mr. Tucker? I don't have nightmares. And she she uh she even she gets even quieter and she goes uh Sometimes at night I see Mr. Tucker and he walks outside in his backyard and he just stares at the fence. And Todd goes, "She's crazy." 
don't listen to her. She's just a baby. Babies have nightmares. Babies also wet the bed, and uh, she he kind of like pushes Martha. And she and she just looks back at the at the ground, and she goes. Sometimes he watches me from the window. He'd look up from the backyard and he'd just stare at me, and then he'd go back inside. When 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 was the last time you saw him? She kind of shrugs. And Polly goes. She's been having nightmares ever since she was a kid. She's still a kid. Like a baby. Like a baby baby. Oh. Well, in that case, um, I'm, I'm going to pull out a uh, salted peanut bar <laughs> from my pocket. I will produce a salted peanut bar. And she, like a, yeah, like a magician. And yeah. Martha immediately brightens up because you're no longer talking about Mr. Tucker. Um, this is for you. And she reaches out and she takes it and she goes, thank you, mister. And she kind of runs off. She's embarrassed. And he goes, are you guys going to show me your guns? No. I, I don't have a gun, kid. We have to go. I got knives. I like getting up close and personal. That's cooler. <laughs> All right. So you guys kind of brushed Todd off. And he's just he's literally just like circling you guys as you get into your car asking you, is he in the mafia? Have you killed anybody before? You guys are cops, right? You're asking my parents a bunch of questions. Tell me everything. And you guys just get in the car. And he kind of gets the, the, the message. And he at, runs at, off. The, at, that, at that question, when he says, have you killed anybody before? Um, my face just drops and the playfulness leaves me and I just quietly get in the car. All right. So once you guys close the doors... Just as uh, I close the door, I leave my, I open my jacket and show the kid my pistol. And he immediately just like brightens up. Like, oh my God, he saw the face of God today. It was a, it was a little metal revolver. Uh, and he immediately runs off and he's like, Polly, I saw a gun! And he just runs off to see his sister. Uh, and you guys close the door and you're in the car. What now? We, we started a bit late. So do you guys want to go until 10.10 or do you guys want to call it at 8? 10.10 works for me. 10.10 works for everybody. That's fine. Um, yeah, right. I can stay longer. Are we going to head to the the accountant? Yes. Um, yeah. As, take... as we're traveling, can, you know, uh, William noticed Felix's response. Can they do a little psychology role and try and see what's going on there? Because um, I don't really, I don't know the story. Yeah, go ahead. Zero one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Felix divulge as much as you want about your personal feelings. He he's got a he's got a you know. I, 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 don't, one. I maybe don't really question him on it, but uh, I just realise that there's some backstory to something that's going on. I'm just like, are you okay, Mister Bamboni? Well, yeah. How are you feeling, Felix? Let let let. I'm, uh, I'm I'm fine. I'm I. I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. That's fine, but just, you know, just he's sussing out some of the dynamics, William, in terms of what's going on. 
but that's fine. We can move on. Sit, sit quietly and just sort of look out of the window, really. All right. So, so, gentlemen, what do you think of this scenario? That uh, Mr. Tucker, uh, Mr. Timothy Tucker, an honest man, didn't like things that he saw that were going on in his office. And he figured that he could do something about it. And so he lifted the ledger that has the incriminating evidence in it and was possibly going to turn it over to the authorities. But then he realized his mistake and he ran for it. I like it a whole lot better than having to tell his wife that their life was built on mob money. I think you're onto something, Mr. Hawk. Now, he may have, of course, been having an affair. That is also true. I think that we should talk to some of the other women in the town and their husbands and just see what their opinion was of Mr. Tucker and see if there's anything there, you know, like a, but like one of the women um, her, if her behavior were to display something other than innocent concern, you know, that she and him maybe were having an affair. It could have well, been any one of these women. We have that note that's from his mistress, I'm assuming. That's the question that I was going to ask them. If they, if any of them knew somebody named Tally, ah, turn around, Dexter, go back. <laughs> We're on the East ah, Bridge, two houses away. Turn around. No, we're on the East Bridge. You're driving down. Oh, we gotta turn around, make a U-turn. <laughs> I don't That's... think we can do that, guys. We'll we'll ask them. Remember to ask them that the next time we we see them. All right. Um, so you guys make it to Manhattan. Uh, you ride the elevator all the way up to the accountant's office. Yes, Tom? I was just saying, we also need to check on that, the jazz club, see if there is such a jazz club in town. Yes. And, the, and the doctor's is at uh, 147th as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I, once again, I think the pills might tie into this just because he was a nervous sort of person, and now he had done something incredibly scary. And he just, his stomach was driving him crazy. But anyways. So you guys ride up the elevator. You open up the door. Um, it's Fowler's accountant. So he's, he's, a, he's a skinny, young man, greasy black hair. Um, his name is, uh, is uh, Frank Bullrich. And he kind of just holds out at his arms and he says, Fowler! Good to see you. He's like he's like twenty six. He's a baby. Well, uh, good. Nice to meet you there, uh, Frank. Uh, and this is what we're uh, asking you to just check out. And I hand him the ledger. And he takes it, and he and he kind of gives you a, 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 a once over. He goes, "Is this part of a case? Am I am I going to be in the next uh, the next episode?" Yes, you'll be in the next episode, Frank. But you cannot discuss the contents of this ledger with anybody except us. Of course, of course, of course. Client accountant privilege, you know, 
we're more trustworthy than doctors. And he, and he uh, gives a smile and he says, that's not true. Let's go in my office. Yeah, let's uh, go. All right, so you guys go in. Um, he sits down at his desk and, he, and it's, it's a very sparse office. Like there's nothing there. He, he, is a, he, is, he is literally like pretty much brand new to this. Not brand new, but he's young. And he opens it up and it goes, he literally opens up to the first page and he goes, whoa. There's a lot going on here. We're talking payroll accounts, deposits, donations. There's a where did and he open he looks at the, the very like the cover and he goes, This is a this is a state ledger. Am I allowed to have this? Uh it's not yours. And he it's, nods. We need to know if there's anything wrong going on here. And uh, and he goes, he nods, and he just begins flipping through it. And he like he reads the lines, and he flips. He reads the line. Wow. Well, I can tell you, there's a lot going on here. And he and he uh, and he takes his finger. He he takes a pen and he outlines entire areas. And he goes, uh, see this portion right here. Look at this amount. It's about ten thousand dollars. Okay. It's entered into the ledger as donation. Okay? Then that donation is divided up and put into the payroll system. And it goes to a bunch of different people on the payroll. And uh, this is clearly this is clearly a government document and donations don't work like this. No. They're payouts. Payouts to people. And you know, you only got you only got a few people on this this account. It's a pretty small office. I you know, uh, and he and he and he begins slipping through. And he goes, the shorthand. I mean, right here, uh, SP or uh, CP. And he, and he kind of circles it with his pen and goes, uh, you know, probably an office or a, or a, or a, or a department, perhaps. That's what that shorthand is. Um, there's a lot here. I'm talk, we're talking tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands. Every day, 10,000, 20,000, 5,000, 200, 300, all listed as donations, then divided up and spread into a, into a bunch of different accounts. A lot of dough. Yeah, but the shorthand here doesn't indicate who they go into. It just indicates that they're divided up, and then it gives these account numbers. But I have no idea the account numbers and who they belong to because I, I don't have the reference num- numbers or the reference books. Right. Sorry, All did, I, you say, did you say SP or SNP? No, it's a CP. Oh, CP. Uh, it's at the top right here in the corner, so I'm going to guess that this is an apartment ledger. It's not the whole... And he, and he goes, this is for the city. It's not the whole city. It's probably just a department. Wow. City but planning. That's, uh, that's CP. But I'm telling you right now, you could build a small nation with would, the amounts in this book. Would the city planning department be the ones in charge of uh, architecture? Yep. Oh, yeah. Zoning, architecture. Right. They'd have to approve renovations of uh, historical buildings. All right. That makes actually some sense then. Yeah. So, gentlemen, this is looking far more like exactly what I said, that uh, uh, 
Do we need do we need anything else from him? I don't think so. Well, I need something from you. And he points at Fowler and he says, Pavement, because this this is not what I signed up for. Well, I'm like, not asking you to do anything. Just tell us what it is and you you will you will get extra you'll get an extra payment on top of the monthly. Thank you. That's all I asked for. Um, we would appreciate it if you just you never saw this. <coughs> and he says, saw what? And he holds up his hands. Gentlemen, um, uh, thank you very much for your, your assistance. And with that, we close on well, tonight's game. I just want to say, as we're going down the stairs, I say to them, gentlemen, we have a book in our hands, almost as dangerous as the Crimson Letters. If not more. And with that, we do. <laughs> uh, all right. Our players included Mick Swan, Jeff Wilkins, Corey Heistead, Ken Trench, and myself with, uh, uh, with, blah, 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 with Thomas McKeon as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbeat or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.